You're fine sitting by your friends. You're good. I'll start. What what should I say, Miss Kim? You can sit by your friends, and you guys are sitting by your friends, which is awesome. I see the dog pound over there where I was actually sitting, so can you guys do this? Oh, you guys are horrible. A horrible dog pound. Did it, did Arsenio Hall actually pay for his dog pound to sit there? It, it's a group of people that when you hear something, you're like, yeah, thank you, I like it. They're, they're lost. Okay, well, we'll try to help them find find it every once in a while. Oh, this wasn't being recorded? Th- thank you. Thank you for helping me. All right, go ahead and hit record. We're good? We're recording now? All right. Well, if you will, turn over to Numbers 4. I know the passage that I have listed on the bulletin comes from 1 Corinthians, but we will get there, I promise. But today's message is talking about passing on the responsibilities to the next generation. And yes, I have a large amount of the kids that will be baptized and going through that catechism piece already, but will be confirmed in the next year, two, three years, hopefully and taking on this faith to be their own. I want to start with an apology from me um, as a pastor over the years, not helping to train up those of you who are in your 30s to 50s to take on responsibility here at the Disciple Center. I feel that our leadership has tried to just bear that burden ourselves where we should have been giving that burden over to you guys and giving you the responsibility of doing the um, things here at the Disciple Center. So hopefully over the next year, two years, three years, it won't just be Pastor Mike and Robin sitting back there and doing things. I see Randy and Andy already doing stuff back there. It won't. We've already started to transition some of this stuff as far as teaching from the pulpit to the other men in our congregation and women. So don't get upset, women. We have had um, people say, yes, I want to teach. And just the other day, Miss Anya did stand up here and teach. So it's not just about men taking on the responsibility. It's about all of us as a congregation together. So we are open and wanting the women to do that as well. We, we as men just don't do as good with the kids as you guys do. So you bring us alongside, we'll bring you alongside, and we will continue to glorify the Lord in that way through this congregation. One thing I want to point out in Numbers 4, though, it says, just in the um, first few verses, Then the Lord spoke to Moses and to Aaron, saying, Take a census of the descendants of Kohath, from among the sons of Levi, by their families, by their father's households, from thirty years and upper, upward, even to fifty years old, all who enter the service to do the work in the tent of meeting. This is the work of the descendants of Kohath in the tent of meeting, concerning the most holy things. When the camp sets out, Aaron and his sons shall go in, and they shall take down the veil of the screen and cover the ark of the testimony with it. You see, it wasn't that they had the option of learning this. They had to learn it. Many times in my life, I didn't want to do something, but I was just exposed to it, and I just learned from it. I love the fact 
today that Andy had his son sitting on his lap as he was just doing the audio for us here today. And that's how I was exposed to it as a child. You see, you just learn things from your parents as they are being responsible and doing things. That is the best way for our children to just learn how to do ministry. The other day, whenever Linda was out, right, Jeff's son just happened to know how to play the piano. And he just jumped in there. However, I don't think he just did it by accident. I think Jeff has been grooming him to do it. Am I wrong? Have you been learning those songs on the piano? No. You haven't. But you have been learning how to play the piano? So the Lord has blessed you with a gift to be able to just jump in and know how to read the notes. Because if I sit behind that piano, you guys would not like the sound that I'm making. Right? So, can I get a whoop whoop for that? No? Alright. See, I got some laughs at least. However, this sermon, this teaching started about a year ago or so as Karen and I were meeting with a certain young person in our congregation and going through the catechism. And she brought to my attention, how do I know what God has gifted me with? And I said, well, that's interesting. That's an interesting perspective. How do we know what God has gifted us with? You don't know until you start to try different things. Let's look at that 1 Corinthians 12, 1-7 passage. <clears throat> As Paul writes here to the Corinthians, he says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to the mute Super Bowls and World Series. Oh wait, hold on, it says idols, sorry. I know we're going to go celebrate Super Bowl today and watch as the Rams beat the Cincinnati Bengals. <clears throat> Alright, sorry. For those of you on the other side, the Bengals are going to beat the Rams. However, you were led by the Spirit. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is love, Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of ministries, and the same Lord. There are a variety of effects, but the same God, who works all things in person. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. You see, we all have to work together for the common good of continuing on this ministry after Dr. Stokes. Continuing on this ministry after the adults in this congregation. I would love to see this flourish under the next generation. And so, we have to be aware that it's not just a certain gift of the Spirit and a certain gift over here of doing. It's working together for all things for good. Now, I want to talk about the differences. And when I was growing up, there was a trade. And that just happened to be whatever your parents were doing. I was a welder. My grandfather owned a welding shop. My dad was working at the welding shop. I learned how to weld. Did I go that direction when I got older? I didn't. But at least I still know today how to pick up a TIG welder or a stick welder, and I know what to do 
It may take me a little while, five, ten minutes to get back into it, but I still know how it, it works. You see, there are different ones. Different people love baseball. Okay? And for me, baseball worked for a little while. And then something happened to me when I was in the major league. In little league, major league. I got hit by a ball. And all of a sudden, if this was the, the strike zone, I used to be right up there and able to do this. But then after I got hit, I'm doing this from way out here. So baseball wasn't my thing anymore. So I started to pick up some football. Now football is a big deal, especially today, right guys? Now we all know the Chicago Bears of 85 would be any other team any other decade. Why? Because of our defense. And I wanted to be that guy that was going to tackle everybody that came through. But I wasn't that guy. I would practice day in and day out in high school. And I thought I was as fast as Roger Craig back in the 90s, right? But I wasn't. When I finally got put in the last game of my senior year, get it? I wasn't playing. I was sitting on the bench all year long. Because my friends and my other football players told the coach, you need to put Trevor in. He hasn't played all year. He's worked his butt off. We happened to be the second worst team in the whole league. And we were playing the worst team in the whole league. So we were up by 40. It's time for Trevor to go in. <laughs> I felt like, what was the name? Rudy. I felt like Rudy. Trevor, Trevor, right? They put me in. And I swear the linemen were running faster than me, right? They're trying to pull me in the end zone. Football just wasn't my thing either. So, these talents that God gives us, we may try different things. Well, I played basketball out there, you know, in the hoops. Why? Because Michael Jordan, my guy, right? I'm trying basketball. I'm shooting the hoops at home. Probably an eight foot, and I go to the high school, and those are nine foot. I'm just not making them as well. I swear this white man wanted to dunk it. In my head, I could dunk it. But then they came out with the movie and said white men can't jump. So basketball went by the wayside too. My grandfather loved golf. And what did he do? He got his grandson in golf. <clears throat> That's right. Golf became my game. I was playing football on the sidelines, cheering on my team, practicing with them. But then golf back in the 90s with football, that wasn't a cool thing. But guess what? I was pretty darn good. I even became the captain of my team. I thought I was all that until we went up against our competitors and found out our team just sucked. <laughs> but I was still the captain so I was doing pretty good. I heard a pastor say that he, a senior pastor, tell a story about how he, when he wanted to start doing ministry, he thought, well, I can sing in the choir. And so he went to practice, went to practice, and finally the choir director at that time said, you're kind of messing up how we're holding notes and different things. You're going to have to move on. So he thought, okay, well, singing is not my thing. Maybe I can go back there and run the audio. 
he went back there one Sunday, and you ever hear the screeches when you're hitting buttons? He was causing that, and the audio person had to say, hey, this isn't your gift either, right? Our kids need to be able to try different things and see if they're good at it. It may not be perfect, but eventually they'll learn their gift. Our kids have to be put into roles, and we have to come alongside those who are already doing that so we can make sure to take up that mantle whenever they leave or when they get sick. That's the importance of all of us using our gifts and taking responsibility in this congregation. So in the next year, I hope that we will have... We will, by next week, we will have a new president. We'll have a vice president, right? Randy's going to step up into that presidency and bring a whole new status to that. We will have a new vice president. Steve's going to continue as treasurer, and we're going to continue with Linda as the secretary. And she also does administration. But over the next year, we need somebody to come alongside each one of those positions and to learn that. Because Steve went into the hospital with COVID, and I was like, as a pastor, oh crap, what are we going to do if something happens to him? We can't do that. We need to know that there's a backup. Pastor Jeff has led music for years, and because he has had people come alongside and learn how to do the music here, when he had to step away at certain times, there was backup to the backup. That's ministry. That's what we want here. It's not about sitting on the sidelines. It's about practicing. It's about, guess what? If, they, if our running backs weren't there, I was going to be there in high school. They would have put the center as a running back rather than me. But I was ready. I knew what to do. I knew the plays. I need you guys to be ready as well. So, with that being said, our children who are taking the faith, taking up the mantle for us, I don't expect you to sit in these seats and not do stuff. You need to know what Mr. Randy's doing. You need to know what Mr. Randy's doing. You know what? You may need to lead the service someday, so I need to bring you alongside and talk about things. And guess what? The way I do it isn't the way you're going to do it. It's not the way that you should do it. You should be, first of all, you have to have an attitude that you're doing it unto the Lord. We shouldn't be scared to pass our, our responsibilities over to the next generation. We should say, Lord, they are the next generation. Let's hand it over to them and guide them. You're not going to kick us out and just kick us out into the pasture. There's a lot of wisdom with that. We're not wanting to do that with Pastor Stokes. We want his guidance, his wisdom. But when each person talked up here over the summer, it showed them more responsibility. It showed that they're willing to do it. And Dr. Stokes can help guide us in that journey. That's what we need from our elders. That's what we need from the next generation, knowing that it's going to go on. Because I promise you, if the next generation doesn't take on the responsibility, the world is waiting to grab them and say, hey, I got responsibility for you. You do this. I'm telling you right now. I want you to take on this responsibility. Finishing up in Hebrews 5, it's funny because whenever I say we're going to have a little discussion, people show up. So we're going to have a discussion every Sunday. We have a full house. Next week's a business meeting, so I have a feeling we'll have a full, full house. Because if you're not here by Zoom, 
or in person, you're going to be voted as vice president. <clears throat> Hebrews 5, 12-14 says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice and have their senses trained to discern good and evil. We need to train this next generation to do those jobs. Our attitude needs not to be who wants to, but you're going to learn something in some trade of this church. You can no longer sit by in these seats and not have a responsibility. Let me talk about some things that we have here. And I know I've mentioned this before. I feel like I'm coming at this from a different point of view today. Over COVID, yeah, the, the legal responsibilities, that scares a lot of people. But talking to Randy, talking to those who have served as vice president, they're like, I didn't really do a whole lot. Over COVID, they did attend meetings because there were some legal aspects to it. But there's not a whole lot other than legal responsibility. And that word, legal responsibility, scares a lot of people. Not something to be scared of because we're a big family here. And so that aspect shouldn't scare anybody. But that is a smaller, that is a responsibility that you can take if you don't want a lot to have to do. Now, there, like I said, there could be some meetings that you have to be a part of, but you can make that time. Treasurer has one of the most um, responsibilities in all of it because he's keeping track of the, the cash that's coming in or the checks and the givings. He sends out like the associational checks that are going out and pays for the bills. So that one is one that takes on a lot of responsibility. But if you're good with math or you like making sure it's down to the penny, then I encourage you to talk to Steve. Now, the administration piece that Linda does, that's not even part of uh, the legal aspects. That's something she does out of her own free time. And I have seen some women come alongside her, so thank you for that. Secretary... They take notes during the one business meeting we have every year. Right, Linda? And that, that pretty much is it. Um, again, she was part of our meetings during COVID with the elders. And so um, she gave her input and her thoughts, which were, were good as well. Now, the vice president looks to the president to make all the decisions. And um, I again, I've heard Randy say, I don't know what I did over the past year or two. I, I just was here. Now, since Brian's been gone, he has signed a few checks that needed signing. But again, that is about being a signer on the checking account. And so um, usually we try to get one of the vice presidents or presidents as a signer on the checks. The president looks over the, um, how much we're giving every month, asks about checks to make sure it fits into the realm that we're supposed to. And so those are those pieces. If you don't want a legal aspect, that's fine. Then, you know what? I was thinking about this today. As I was lighting all these candles, right? I've seen other people blow them out. They take on that responsibility. You guys have done a great job with that. But every um, Sunday, those have to be lit. 
And so that's a responsibility. If you struggle to get here on time, <clears throat> not talking about any certain family, but if you struggle to get here and you want to take on that responsibility, that's a great way to actually do that. I heard one day, um, actually I read the story because I have some of Mother Teresa's uh, books and I was listening to the radio about one woman that struggled to get to those services where she was located every, every week on time. And so Mother Teresa pulled her aside and said, Hey, I want you to be the director of greeting in our services. That woman, can you imagine being asked by Mother Teresa to be the greeter, the director of greeting? Humble. But what did she have to learn to do? She had to learn to get there before anybody else. And so um, she learned how to get there before anybody else and was there. And Mother Teresa put her in that position. And so I thought that was really interesting in that way. So those all have to be lit every week um, by, I'd say, 9.30, 9.40. Um, and then we have other aspects, right? If you, if you want to participate with audio-visual, we also ask you to get here by 9.30 because there are glitches that do happen. And so we also know that sometimes there may be a hiccup on the freeway, so that, that may happen. You're not going to get in trouble if you're late every once in a while, but we try to ask you to get here on time. Now, if you can't get here on time, there are things that our church still has to do. And so people that do things after church in preparation for the next week, you can participate in. Um, one thing that I started with was dumping trashes and vacuuming. Um, another thing I have never really participated in, it always looks so beautiful, is what Robin and Mike do. They put up the, the different colors throughout the year on the tables. And so there are different aspects and responsibilities to do in our church, in our congregation. And so it's no longer, um, I'm not going to take the attitude of, I'm going to, okay, this is something else that needs to be done, I'm just going to do it. No, that's not going to happen anymore. You need to know what Andy's doing back there. You need to know what Randy's doing back there in case they can't be here. Or it's just not going to happen. And unfortunately, as a pastor, I may end up having to let it not happen some Sundays. Because if I end up doing it, other people won't step up. And so if you're depending on Zoom to be here, <coughs> really pray for the people that are willing to come. Because to participate in the ministry piece, you have to be here. So um, I don't want to leave those people out that depend on Zoom and are out of the state or out of the country because we do have one or two that can't come in person. And so um, we don't want to let them down either. We want to glorify God in this ministry of the Disciple Center. So there are other things that you can do if you can't be here early. So youth, are you ready to participate in the next year or two once you get baptized? Woo, woo, woo! Yeah, I get some thumbs up. The fun thing is, as a pastor, I see some of you going, I want to read. You were asking me when you were five, six, seven, eight, can I read? Can I read? Can I do this? Can I do that? Right? You're coming in, playing on a guitar. I'm like, is that actually a hymn or is that rock and roll? I can't tell. But you're ready to do the music, right? And our job is to say, when you come in and you start playing music, make sure that's unto the Lord, right? Following unto the Lord, because everybody's job is under the Lord. I'm even responsible unto the Lord, what I'm doing up here today. And so, that's who we have to answer to. And so, we are training up the, the 
um, students, the young people, to take on those responsibilities. I don't want you to be what that Hebrew passage says. You should have already been teachers, but you're going back to the milk at this time, right? Not everybody is supposed to be a teacher, but that passage, over the past few months, I was in a Q&A, and Bruce said, that's about the parents stepping up and doing things. Maybe not unto the congregation, but we need to be teaching in this aspect, and that's what I'm saying today to you. Let's go to the Lord, and then we'll have a discussion. Father in heaven, I thank you.